Are you here? Hey, <laughs> good to see you. So, what do we got for you today on the Paul Leslie Hour? Well, a short chat with legendary guitarist and multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, session player, and producer Jack Pearson. A man who's worked in the genres of rock, jazz, pop, country, you name it. Born in Nashville, Tennessee, Jack Pearson's known for his time with the Allman Brothers Band. Pearson's also worked with Greg Allman, Tommy Emanuel, Jimmy Hall, Leanne Womack, Delbert McClinton, Bobby Blue Bland, Martina McBride, Vince Gill, Amy Grant, Jimmy Buffett, Mac McAnally, and a bunch of others. Not to mention his own studio records, which are much prized. Just want to take a moment and thank each and every one of you who have subscribed to the YouTube channel. Hey, hey, we really appreciate it. It's the best way to be sure you won't miss our great content. Just look up the Paul Leslie Hour on YouTube and hit subscribe and hit that bell. Bing, bing. Will you do it? Gosh, we're so thankful. All right, let's hear what Paul and Jack Pearson had to talk about. Something tells me this is going to be a really laid-back interview. First of all, I'd like to thank you, Mr. Pearson, for taking the time to talk to us today. And nice uh, to do it. Call me Jack. All right, Jack Pearson. So a lot of people consider you one of the best guitarists out there. I noticed there were a lot of people on the Allman Brothers message board that said that uh, that said that you were their favorite guitarist of all the Allman Brothers guitarists. And I was wondering, when you were first starting as a musician, which guitarist did you consider the best? Oh, man, it's hard to single out one guy, you know. Of course, Dwayne and Dickie, they were big influences. So was my brother and C.B. King, Fred King, Wes Montgomery. Just a huge list. Anything that I heard that I really liked, I would try to learn it and uh, try to get the feeling of it. I think the feel of what you're doing is so important, the phrasing, all that kind of thing. What about some of the uh, the guitarists that have come out of late? Some of the guitarists that, for example, Derek Trucks, Warren Haynes, have any of those guitarists caught your eye? Oh, yeah, man. We're old friends. So happy to know them and play with them. Anybody that plays good is good in my book. I was reading that you were influenced by a great many types of music, and I was wondering what you grew up listening to. Well, at first, I kind of grew up listening to my brother's uh, record collection, and uh, he had a lot of stuff from the 50s, 60s, and then, you know, later on in bands, you just, you learn whatever the band wanted to play. Back then, some of the people I'd play with, you'd play a George Jones tune, then you would play a Santana tune. And, you know, you really mix it up a lot. We might do a Jimi Hendrix tune and then play a Floyd Kramer song or something. You know? So there's a big variety. Of, you had to be versatile to play the gig, you know. seems like I'm, I miss hearing that in a lot of the younger players because they just, I guess they just haven't had that experience. You've appeared on a lot of different artists' albums and have performed with some very legendary bands. For example, the Allman Brothers Band. And I was wondering, has there been any band or any person that you've played with, either on an album or on stage, that was a personal favorite of yours? Well, of course, Almond Brothers. They were my favorite band when I was growing up. And, you know, such a blessing and just uh, 
believe I was able to be a member of the band. Of course, that's a big highlight. And uh, and then getting to play with people like Groove Holmes or uh, Chris Ledoux, uh, uh, getting to jam with Jimmy Smith, that, that was that was pretty wild. And then uh, guitar players like Jimmy Rainey. Jimmy Rainey, he was like one of the first guitar players to play bebop on the guitar. So getting to play with him was like a big boost, you know, just showed me so much. And he was such a sweetheart. He's such a nice guy. Was, I don't know. It's just been such an interesting journey. <laughs> I got to play with Earl Scruggs. I got to play mandolin with Earl Scruggs earlier this year. Speaking of mandolin, I was just looking at all the different things. It seems like you're into a lot of different types of music and different types of instruments. I saw there were all kinds of projects that you were going to be involved in. And before we started the interview, you mentioned that you have a new album coming out. But I saw like a bluegrass project, gospel project. The, the, my new album, it, it's, uh, man, I don't know what you would call it. it it's got the blues rock thing. Got a couple of gospel tunes. Uh, a lot of jamming. Some of the songs are pretty long. So it's it's more of an electric thing. So tell us about how you met Mac McAnally. He called and he was producing a Jimmy Buffett record, and I went down to Muscle Shoals and played on it. I think that was in '98, maybe. Yeah, I think it was because when I was going to New York to play the Beacon with the Brothers that year, Buffett's whole band was on the same plane. <laughs> we were all on the same plane. They were going to rehearse to do a show up there and uh, and I was on the way to the rehearsals with the brothers to do, start the speaking run. So what was the experience like? I know the album that you recorded, you lended some guitar work for Jimmy Buffett was Beach House on the Moon. Yeah. There were a couple of songs that featured your guitar work like Waiting for the Next Explosion. So I was wondering what was that recording experience like? Well, it's always so relaxed working with Mac McAnally because uh, you know, Roger Hawkins was playing drums, David Hood, can't remember everybody that was on it. Everybody just played so good. It's so relaxed. And we did this uh, one tune, Waiting for, Playing for Gumbo, I think what it was called. So Jimmy had a big old pot of gumbo brought in so we could eat gumbo and get in the mood. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's also an excellent album you appeared on from Mr. A.J. McMahon. Hmm? I was wondering how you got hooked up with A.J. McMahon. Hey, well, Andy he, McMahon is something. Yeah, he uh, he's a great songwriter, keyboard player. In fact, he played on a lot of Jimmy Buffett's old records. He was in the band in the seventies. Met him. He was living here in Nashville, and I went to play a gig with the band, and he was playing keyboard. And of course, it was like a conversation all night long between us, you know. And we started playing together more and more through the years, and then, uh, did some writing together. He played in. Uh, blues band I used to play with called The National and uh, when Andy did his solo record uh, he wanted me to work on it with him so that's, that's great on your first solo album there was a song called I'm Not Crying yeah which you performed with the Allman Brothers band so yeah. I was wondering if you could tell the listeners about that song well I wrote that with William House with the brothers we re- I rearranged it some to, uh, to fit more and their groove, you know. And actually, it's on the new record, too. So what I've done on it is kind of combined the two versions and done it with my new lineup. 
This is half a comment and half a question. One of our listeners, Pat Pike, he said that he saw you perform the song Dreams at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. And he said that it was the most amazing version that your guitar work was. It was just the most amazing version of that song he had ever heard. And he wanted to know if you have any memories from playing in Atlanta in particular, or at the Fox, because it's kind of a legendary venue. I don't. Well, I don't know how many times we played it. I'd like to hear that version, that copy. One thing I remember about the Fox, it was the first gigs I could stand up a little bit on after my appendicitis surgery. So it was it was fun to finally get to stand up again and play. <laughs> but it's a great room. I really enjoyed playing it. Great singer. Yeah. Do you like the direction that the music business is going right now? Man, I don't know. It's, it's some strange times going on. I hope that uh, opens up some new venues for everybody. What is it that you hope people get out of your music? Inspiration, love, hope they find God. I try to play with as much feeling as I can with my heart. Music is a moving thing. I think it should move. I try to touch on all the emotions, you know, the intensity and peacefulness, the struggles of life, the happy things that are going on in your life, and the hope and faith that we're going to get through it. So my last question to you, and the thing about this program is that thanks to technology, it goes out all over the world. So my last question is, what would you like to say to the world? <laughs> That's a hard one. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only question you got. <laughs> what would you say, brother? What would I say? Yeah. You know, I've been asking everybody that, but I've never had a chance to answer it myself. Uh, all right. That's, you know, I, I would say love one another, seek God, put trust in Jesus. That's what I would say. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jack. It's okay. Been, it's been a pleasure to be here. Maybe you can edit out my hymn and hollering. <laughs> thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano. The traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs>